1: What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother Ezra Ryrick. Always a great time talking to Ezra. And we discussed how both parties are essentially ensuring that there will be a massive economic collapse here very soon in the United States. Uh, sorry, folks. <laughs> Not a lot of positivity here on the show, but uh, we still had a good time. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ezra, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave this five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash The No Gimmicks Podcast. Right without further ado, the great Ezra Ryrick. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ezra Ryrick. Ezra, how you been, man?
0: Been good, man. Good to be on again.
1: Absolutely, man. Always happy to have you. Um, Not a lot of cheery topics to talk about uh, this morning, unfortunately. Big news yesterday is the national debt has surpassed a hundred grand per American citizen. Um, yep. That is hundred thousand dollars for every man, woman, and child in this country. Um, the same day that that news broke, uh, Donald Trump went on Fox News and attacked uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley for saying that they want to reduce spending. So, <laughs> look, man, we're going to talk. We're going to go in depth on, on kind of the attitudes on, on spending on the new right. But I appreciate a lot of the new right. A lot of my friends that are kind of involved in that movement. Um, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I agree with uh, some things that the nationalist crowd wants, you know, ending wars and, and so forth. Um, but these guys have beaten whatever whatever fiscal responsibility was left on the right. And now both parties are proud Keynesians at best um, who have essentially pledged to never reduce spending at all. So uh, not good. It's, it's not great out there right now.
0: It is not great out there right now. I mean, you see you see the right falling into the same trap that the left fell into uh, to where you can just spend as much money as you want, and there's a magic money tree, and you know, you're never going to have to pay for it. No one's ever going to have to pay it back. You're just going to spend all this magic money, and uh, somehow that's not going to have adverse effects on the economy. You have this new thing out there, this new con, this new way of pulling the wool over people's eyes called MMT, which actually seriously posits that public sector spending is the reason for private sector prosperity. And this is the next con that is going to be pulled on the American people. You're going to see MMT start to take over Keynesianism as the common regime model for economics because they can't keep doing this. They can't keep spending all this money. And, you know, and then just being Keynesians, that there has to be some other means of doing that. They have to have some new narrative, and MMT is that narrative. It's, well, if we don't spend all this money, then you're not going to have prosperity, and the private businesses aren't going to prosper. And so then the economy is going to crash because we're not spending money to prop up the private sector, which is completely false, and it's a complete lie. Um, but it sounds good to the average voter. Um, and that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's something that has to be confronted before we end up like Argentina.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I mean, MAGO world, Trump world, is attacking Tom Massey over the last 24 hours, calling him anti-Semitic for voting against sending money to right. Israel. Um, and, and like they are on, on a lot of things, Republicans are always half right on everything. I mean, they... They, they had just figured out that they don't want to print money and send it to Ukraine anymore, but now they want to fire up the money printer again and, and send cash to Israel. I mean, there's no exactly. money. Ladies and gentlemen, it's gone. The Treasury is empty. We're $34 trillion in debt. I mean, and just people don't understand that the interest payments on the national debt cost more annually than the entire defense budget.
0: It would the, be you know, very difficult to be more broke than the United States is right now.
1: Oh, if we were broke, that would be a massive improvement in our current condition. But, I mean, like, when when the interest payments are are equal to the entire Pentagon budget and entitlements are double Uh the defense budget, double, over more than double what Uh the defense spending is, and and now they attack anybody. I mean, because MAGA is the Republican establishment now. Like, make no mistake, like, Mitch McConnell and those guys are a dying breed. They're still hanging on to power, but— you know, that's not going to last. Like, MAGA is the majority of the GOP, and they are the establishment. So now, mm, yep. I mean, you have the establishment of both parties attacking any— I mean, they, they literally use the same—they Um, they, they use the same language like the uh, Obama-Biden campaign did to attack uh, uh Paul Ryan in 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wants to reduce—he wants to kill your grandmother. Like, they— now, like MAGA world yeah, is they saying that kind him of, of
0: being a Randian, and Paul <laughs> yes. Ryan wasn't even close to being like even. Yeah, I mean he was vaguely fiscally conservative. Vaguely, they were out here like you know uh, he's a Randian, he's a Hayek disciple, and it's like no, F- right. no.
1: I mean that would be awesome, but, but and, and they're mm-hmm. using that same language against Ron DeSantis now, and it's just like I mean Ron DeSantis is a lot better than Paul Ryan, but he's no Ron Paul. I mean he's not. He he understands economics better than most GOP governors and you know uh, elected officials, but he's not. He's yeah, but not. The bar
0: home. is on the floor, and most of the GOP officials have tripped over it already. <laughs> right,
1: right, and I, I don't know, man. It's just it, it. There's no money. It is gone. I mean, you're, you're talking about you're refus- you're refusing to touch entitlements, which are. Half of all government spending every year Mm -hmm. over double about two and a half times the Pentagon's annual budget and anybody who even marginally wants to reform entitlements gets attacked. I mean, it's just like
0: I mean, as long as as long as we're going to be accused of being Randians, we might as well throw an Ayn Rand quote into the mix when she said that you could ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. That's the situation that we're about to face.
1: 100%. And the right is trying to claim Javier Milei too. Um, the, you, know, you, you see the the Trump influencers; they're all calling him Argentina's Donald Trump. And you know, like mm-hmm. normal American journalists that cover foreign policy are saying the same thing because they're all idiots who don't understand the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got exactly the same, same thing about the guy who just won in uh, the Netherlands or whatever. You know, the the guy who the the Prime Minister of Hungary is their the Hungarian, Donald Trump, everybody's Donald Trump or Joe Biden right. because those are the, you know, like because journalists are simple minded and don't understand how the world works. But it's just like that could not be further from the truth. I mean, Miley is a legit Austrian economist in the tradition of Ludwig von Mises. He yep. pledged to end the central bank, hack the federal government in half. Trump begged the Fed to print more money and keep interest rates artificially low. Okay, like these two men on economics are polar opposites. Don't let the haircut. They couldn't fool you. be further
0: apart. And right. I mean, I, I look at Javier Milei and I see a guy who he's articulate, he's economically lit, he's economically literate. He's you know he's on television talking about economics and he's you know just sings beautifully on economics like it's very easy to understand and he is taking that message straight to the people and his campaign is you know 75 80 economics it's about economics because the economic situation in argentina but i look at javier malay and i see a guy when i look at him and then i look at american politicians I think, where did we go wrong? Like, what, what happened here? Why, why can't we get this? It's like kind of like that meme, Jesus, I see what you've done for other people, and I want that for me. <laughs> right. I mean, compare Javier Malay, the the breath of fresh air that is Javier Malay to our politicians who are out here confusing price fluctuations with inflation right. or Liz Warren gyrating about or launching a war on Big Sandwich because of some kind of a sandwich <laughs> shop merger. <laughs> And uh, then compare that to Javier Malay and his economic literacy. And I see like you know, libertarians, a lot of libertarians, well, some libertarians are are very skeptical of, of Javier Malay. But I'm cautiously optimistic. I think um, I think the one the one issue that I see upcoming is that if Javier Malay, and he ha- let's face it, he has an uphill battle here. Number oh, yeah, one he, yeah. d- he doesn't have control of the legislature. Number two, this is an economic crisis the likes of which the United States has never faced in its history. They have almost 150% inflation, which yeah. is unheard of in the United States. This is an economic crisis that makes the Great Depression, you know, look like a tea party. Yeah. So the reforms that are needed to reverse this process to get back even remotely on the right track in Argentina are going to make things worse before they get better. There will be pain oh, yeah. in the economy. And my worry is that if these reforms and they will have to be radical reforms, because Argentina is almost past the point of no return, Javier Malay is their last chance yeah. to get back on the right track. Yeah. And If his reforms fail to reverse the catastrophe that is the Argentinian economy, or if his reforms make the situation worse before it gets better, the American left and the media is going to conduct a smear campaign for the ages. It's going to be the end of libertarianism because we see a libertarian president, his reforms didn't work, not to mention, forget the fact that the situation was completely out of control. But if his reforms don't work, if he makes the situation wor- worse or doesn't make the situation better, you can expect the American left and the media to launch a smear campaign for the ages. On I mean, libertarianism, on libertarian ideas, on free market ideas, it will be an all-out attack.
1: Oh, not just not just the left. The right will join in, too. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't think the Trump world would turn on Millet on the drop of a dime in order to promote their own big spending policies— you got another thing coming. I mean, it'll be a pile on. And, and it obviously will get worse before it gets better in in uh, in Argentina. And they may be right now past the point of no return. I mean, it, it's anybody's guess be. right now. Um, but boy, oh boy. I, I mean, I wrote an article, you know, what it takes to elect a libertarian a couple weeks ago for the Washington Examiner. And, and, and like you said, almost 150 percent inflation, 40 percent of Argentinians live in poverty, below the poverty mm-hmm. line. Um, which, by the way, is a heck of a lot lower in terms of standard of living as, as the poverty line here is in, in North America. Um, 100%. I mean, it is, I mean, if you look at the trajectory of people running for office in America who actually believe in freedom, we got what? That's Ron a Paul, short list, brother. Ron Paul in 08 got you know, 20 know 25% of the Republican primary vote. He actually won a couple caucuses and primaries. Think he run Nevada. Oh, yeah. He won uh, a few others, um, and then he did a little bit worse in 2012. Uh, Rand Paul ran in 2016 and dropped out before Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I mean the tra- the trajectory is it's downward. I mean it's you know the the tr- the Trump the MAGA nationalist kind of movement kind of replaced like libertarianism was like the insurgent movement within the GOP and it almost worked like it almost and- worked in 08. Mm-hmm. couldn't quite replicate it in 2012. And mm-hmm. then it was kind of downhill from there. And it's just like, we're so far removed. I mean, if Javier the... Mille had an American sounding name and spoke English and ran here, he'd drop out <laughs> before Iowa. I mean, like we're nowhere near the point in this country where somebody like that could run and win.
0: People just aren't ready. They're, they're not ready for that. Cause it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like that scene in back to the future where, you know, um, He's play, playing the guitar and he's playing, you know, the big uh, rock and roll beats. And it, it's like the 1940s or I think the early 50s before rock and roll came out. And, you know, he's like, you, you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. So that's kind of how I feel about libertarianism. I don't, I, I don't think that people are ready yet. I mean, um, I'd like to think that we're, see, we're having a little bit of a moment globally. Uh, but here in the United States, we just don't really see much of an appetite for libertarianism, which is which is interesting because you know people are fed up with the conventional right and with the conventional left. Um, people on the right are fed up with the conventional right, you know, the corporate uh, right wing, the corporate Republicans, and people on the left that socialists are fed up with, uh, you know, the the democratic neoliberal you know nonsense and. Um, I, I, would, I would expect that if people in both parties are fed up with their parties, which seems to be the case, um, then you would see the rise of a third party or you would see some other option rise up with different ideas. But it just doesn't seem like that libertarianism is having that moment in America right now. That's not to say that they won't in the future, but people, the, the general voter base seems to be straying Further and further away from the ideas of liberty and more and more toward the ideas of authoritarianism, either embracing an authoritarian center left figure uh, like Joe Biden or an authoritarian center right to far right figure like Donald Trump. So it it it's it's really I mean, it's it's disheartening. I'm not going to lie. We are having a a situation or. a set of circumstances where it seems like the post-liberal slash post-libertarian slash libertarianism is a good idea in theory but wouldn't work in practice that is popular on the right right now. It seems like that attitude is, is starting to win the argument a little bit, and uh, we have to make sure that that doesn't happen if we're going to have a chance to turn things around.
1: I mean libertarians aren't even engaging in the economic debate. They're just talking about how much they hate Israel and how Tucker Carlson is based. Yeah, mean, is like really, is that, That's what libertarianism is putting forward right now? No no wonder. No wonder we're down bad right now. And yeah, goodness I mean, sakes.
0: Just, just to bring it back to, to Javier Malay, like I said, his campaign is largely about economics. He won in Argentina because he was economically literate. He understood economics. He could clearly and concisely talk about economics. Go look at his videos. I encourage everyone who's listening to your podcast, go listen to Javier Malay speak. The dude is articulate. The dude seems to know what he's talking about. He's very well-versed. And I look at libertarians um, in the United States, and I say, where's our Javier Malay? I don't see one. Yeah. We, need, we need a leader. We need new leadership. There needs to be a torch passing that needs to happen. Um, and right now, I don't see too many people uh, – on the libertarian side of things that are capable of bearing that torch. And I'd also say worthy of bearing that torch.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not gonna, it's not going to come from the LP ever. I I just don't think that that's uh. and I I, no offense to LP members who are listening. I know there's a lot of them in the audience. And then my friends who are, you know, who are in that movement in the libertarian party. I mean, I I really like and respect a lot of these guys, but it's just not going to happen. You know, like if, if we're ever going to have a Javier Millet, it's going to be the the Ron Paul route. It's going to be get elected mm-hmm. to Congress or the Senate or something like that and, and try to transform the GOP from within. I just don't... I mean, like, come on, man, like... Mike Recktenwald or or Josh Smith or these guys, like, I mean, that that has 1% <laughs> written all over it, man. Like, these... And, and I like these guys. I mean, these, they're smart guys. I like them, but it's just like... It's just not... You're not gonna... You're not gonna win hearts and minds like the the New Hampshire Libertarian Party talking about how you're just you know you're mocking Meghan McCain mm-hmm. on the day her dad died you know what I mean like that's just not like I'm sorry it's, that's just not it, it going does to not work
0: resonate with the average voter and uh, unfortunately as much as uh, you know some of some of the more radical libertarians might uh, have a distaste for democracy uh, you have to consider democracy it has to be one of your considerations when you're running for office and trying to change things and what the people I mean, want and what seems, the people are resonating or that, sh- that should
1: go without saying, I feel like, I feel like that shouldn't happen. I mean, you're you're obviously correct.
0: Have to say it.
1: <laughs> you mean, uh, Gaining popularity and getting votes matters in a democracy. That, oh my that, goodness!
0: Yeah, future ele- i mean, uh, past elections w- would seem to suggest that that is the case. Yeah, getting popular and getting votes seems to be the way to power. It's really weird, actually. It doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. Yeah, no, I mean, but um, I mean, the you mentioned that uh, libertarians should change the GOP from the inside. I, I suggest that we don't even need to change the Republican Party. If we can just get into the Republican Party, we can shove these ideas down their throat. I mean, it worked for MAGA. It worked for Donald Trump. It worked for you know, the economic nationalism, the economic protectionism. I mean, you, you blink, and the GOP supports relatively, at least relative free trade, and then you blink, and they're supporting protectionism like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Right. That is because the party was infiltrated <clears throat> by the, the national populist wing. And if the libertarians could do the same thing, you don't even have to have 50 percent, 60 percent of the party on your side. All you have to do is start talking about these ideas and start getting into positions of positions of authority, positions of power. And the the work in the party, as far as changing the party, will kind of take care of itself. You just have to shove these ideas down the throats of the voters. And what you also have to be careful about is – you know, being too bombastic. And, and, and when I look at Javier Malay, Javier Malay is a bombastic figure. OK, he, his style is bombastic. But when I look at that, I think, well, Javier Malay can get away with this. People aren't concerned about rhetoric. People aren't concerned about how many cuss words he's using. by the way, his language is very colorful. Um, so but here in the United States, people have more feelings. People care more about the emotional aspect of things. Yeah. So I think if libertarians are looking at Javier Malay and saying I'm going to get on television, I'm going to go F the Federal Reserve, F the US government and that's going to resonate with with uh you know the American voters and I'm just going to be out here you know being as vulgar and bombastic as possible, no, that's not going to resonate with the voters. You're going to look like an idiot.
1: It also resonates because people are so poor. People are struggling exactly. so bad in Argentina. People are and, just
0: looking. People are just yeah. looking. Well, I hate to say it because, you know, it sounds like a Antichrist-ish, but they're looking for a savior. These people are literally just looking for somebody to save them from the mess that they're in, and they don't care who it is.
1: I mean, that, and that's the fundamental problem with trying to get our people elected and actually try to change the game, because what we offer and what... Javier Mila is offering is to destroy the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is the answer? I mean, exactly. the, the, the government did create these problems. Eliminating it is the solution. But man, for people to latch onto that, they have to be facing 150% inflation.
0: Very, very hard peel for people to swallow. I mean, there's so many other easy, uh, pl- easy places and areas to point the blame at, right? Like you can point the blame at, uh, you know, religion, right? You point the blame at corporations. You, know, you can point the blame everywhere but the government. And it's easier to point the blame at all these different institutions than it is to point the blame at the institution of government, because our society has been conditioned almost from the cradle to the grave to believe that government is a sacred entity, and you don't talk about the government, and the government is, uh, you know, is sacred. The government is sacred. The government is there, uh, you know, for your benefit, and you're not to question Big Daddy government. Let Big Daddy government do whatever they want because they are there to protect you. And that mentality has to be, you know, sliced into a million pieces, lit, lit on fire, and the ashes scattered to the wind. If uh, if if the liberal world order that is the United States is going to survive in the next century.
1: Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's just that that virtue signaling virtue, you know, we, you know, people always throw around the term virtue signaling. People do that because signaling that you are virtuous is a heck of a lot easier than being virtuous. It's actually extraordinarily difficult to be a virtuous man or woman. I mean, as a a devout Christian myself, I'm, you know, I do a lot of repenting. (laughs) Let me tell you, let me tell you, Ezra, like it's, I, I mess up a lot. It's extremely hard to be virtuous. It is. It's a tough pill to swallow for a Ron Paul or a, a Javier Millet character to say, you need to make your own decisions. You need to take care of yourself. The government's not the answer. It's, it's way easier for Donald Trump to blame China and Mexico and whatever else. Right. You know? like it's it's yeah, everybody hardest, else's problem.
0: The hardest sale for libertarians is not freedom. And I, you know, I've, I've recently been reading a, a great book, which I recommend everybody check out if you haven't already, uh, Up From Slavery, yeah, Up From Slavery. And I've, I've, rec- I've recently been reading that book, and one of the things that has struck me in that book is he talks about how whenever the slaves were freed, at first they were jubilant because, yay, freedom. And then they realized the responsibility that comes with their newfound liberty, and the hardest sell for libertarianism is not the freedom that we offer but the responsibility for your own actions the responsibility for your own life and the absence of a guiding hand guiding you around your whole life that is the hardest sell because people are so used to that they don't want responsibility they would rather have government do their parenting for them they would rather have government you know take care of the problems they have with their neighbors they would rather have government do everything Government is uh, you know, omnipotent at this point or omnipresent. I mean they want government to be involved in every little thing because as long as government can take care of the issue, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like having a parent or a great-grandparent that you can call up for any reason to take care of any problem that you have. Oh, yeah. I got a speeding ticket? Call my grandparent. Oh, right. I got arrested? Call my grandparent. It's like that's the relationship that the average voter has with government at this point. They want government… To be there to call, and when you say no, we're going to take government out of the mix, that's a very hard sale.
1: And even Republicans with with good intentions, you know, the the people that don't want the state to do evil things to people, still oh, just don't. World. They just don't. They they're, they 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 recognize issues correctly. And, you know, like like the trad cons. You know, like all these guys on Twitter that are, you know, whatever don't Matt Walsh you you know, all these guys. You know, um, like. They want, they're like, okay, broken families are a huge problem. Correct. You know, like, not enough people What's go to solution? church. Government? Correct. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, we need the state to subsidize families. It's like just, you had
0: me, you it's, had me in the first half, but what are you doing? What or your be, solution? be
1: virtuous. Make good choices. Don't marry the whore you met in a bar and slept with on a first date. Go to church and meet a nice girl. Right. You know, I mean, just like, do it. Fathers, be present. Wives, respect mm-hmm. your husbands. Like, just do, just, be be good, be a good human being.
0: The most important form of government is self-government. The most yes. important form of control is self-control. And yes, a lot more people need to be adopting that kind of stoic um, mentality because if they don't, you're just going to continue to see you know the world just continue to fall off the cliff morally, culturally, whatever the case may be. But government cannot solve cultural, Um, problems.
1: Of course not.
0: Government is not capable of solving cultural problems. Government can barely solve any other kind of problem, and you think that the government should be the arbiter of morality. It makes no sense whatsoever.
1: Right. Absolutely. And anything the government touches makes it worse. I mean, even like the Great Society and all that. I mean, obviously, LBJ was nefarious. Obviously, the, the, the quote that I can't repeat word for word for obvious reasons. We'll have these (laughs) N-words voting Democrat for 200 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was a nefarious actor. But, I I mean, honest to goodness, I doubt most of these congressmen and senators who are writing these bills. A lot of them probably thought they were going to help. They probably thought they were going to help the black community, inner cities, stuff like that. But it's just anything they touch backfires. Um, well, they
0: they forgot the classic adage that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. If you have good intentions, you better watch your step.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And what what we're dealing with right now on the political right is like we're in the phase like I don't know if it's just like that there's a primary on or what, but we're like we're in the phase of the GOP primary. where like ninety five percent of right wing conservative commentators and influencers have completely flipped. <laughs> on what they used to claim to believe, so they can make money from Trump supporters. And and by the way, like this pisses me off. Like I don't I don't get mad. Like I don't I don't care when people disagree with me or endorse different candidates or anything. Like I don't care. Like whatever. I live in one of the bluest cities in the country. No, I've never been represented by anybody other than a Democrat outside of statewide Ohio races. Right. Like I'm I'm used to losing elections. It doesn't bother me. I understand that people believe different things than I do, but like these people, that like that know better, <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. do understand economic. Not all like exactly right wing commentators understand economics, but a lot of them do. But they just they're like, hey man, there's too much money to be made from stupid Trumps. But like they hate, they they look at Trump supporters yep. and think they're idiots. Which is insulting because I know a lot of Trump supporters who are not idiots, and I hate that these people are insulting their intelligence. But yeah, now it, you're not it, allowed it feeds to talk into the
0: stereotype.
1: Hundred percent, and you're you're not allowed to talk. None of these people, none of them talk about the debt or spending. Zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID. My goodness, you can. You're not allowed to talk about it. Zero COVID talk. Trump says he did nothing wrong, and they're all pretending that. Trump is the second coming, so they have to let dear leader off the hook yeah. for the worst thing government has done exactly. to us since what? Exactly. Since the New Deal, the Federal Reserve. I, I mean, I'd say 2020 was worse than the Patriot Act, worse for Americans than the wars. If you're a civilian in the Middle East or if you were in the military, the wars were worse. But if you're an average American, COVID lockdowns were probably worse. I mean, dude, mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson did a whole show this week on how we need vengeance for the lockdowns. We need to hold the tyrants accountable, blah, 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 blah. It's like, bro, you endorsed Donald Trump. Like, come on, man. Like, what we see what you're doing. Like, it's absolutely pathetic. And it doesn't. It
0: it doesn't. Principles don't pay these days. Uh, To be a principled libertarian, or you know, just to be principled in general, that's not how you. That's not your bread and butter. That's not how you bring in the money. Um, And you know, I make very little money doing what I do. You know, in the in the liberty space, but. If I were to abandon all this tomorrow and I were to just say, yeah, Trump 2024, we need economic protectionism. We need to federalize education. We need government to be involved in every little issue because we need to promote a right wing culture. I would have millions of followers by next year. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. it's like, it doesn't pay to be principled.
1: I've and lost. It, I've lost. It's a
0: lot easier to sell out.
1: I lost a significant percentage of my audience, just for being honest. Yeah. I mean, they, they really liked me when I was like in 2020 saying, Hey, you should vote for Trump over Biden. Cause Biden's going to make everything worse. They liked that. When, I, when, when I,
0: I, I've, I've lost, I've lost all kinds of uh, followers for things that I've said and, and stuff like that. I mean, just recently I was, uh, you know, talking about how the Israeli government had a significant hand in the creation of Hamas uh, and the blowback of, of that issue, and I lost yeah like I don't know what the followers for that, but it's true. Oh, it's yeah. true. and it's yeah, principal it to say that. it is it's like that is a true, that is a fact. that is oh, yeah. a objective fact. and people don't want to hear the truth. I, I I am convinced that, you know, um, people would would rather be told, a lie in a soft voice than the truth in a loud or disagreeable tone. Oh yeah, and that's the that's the root of the problems that we face today.
1: I mean, you you'll lose audience if you if you say the truth that Israel's government did have a hand in creating Hamas. I lost followers mm-hmm. because I said uh, Hamas is worse than Israel which is also true. <laughs> and like yep. but you're not allowed to say that cuz like libertarians get mad at me cuz they're like they'd wake up from a in a cold sweat every morning. Ah fuck Israel. That's just like what they like <laughs> it's the only thing they can think they're just like oh my gosh if I don't talk about how much I hate Israel I'll have a heart attack and drop dead. I mean that's like Israel. that's what uh, libertarians are doing right now and it's just like okay like what is wrong with you people? Stop. Like it, you can Walk and chew gum at the same time. My goodness, mm-hmm. people are so offended if you say anything that doesn't fit into their neat little box, whatever camp you you happen to be in. Me, I'm exactly. campless. I, I'm on my family's team. You know what I mean? I'm on same. team Jesus. My wife and my daughter. You know, like that's what I care about. Like I don't, I don't need to be in anybody's weird internet club, brother. <laughs> like, nor do I want to be. I'd rather just, you know, tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Yeah, the only flag that I carry is uh, the flag of liberty, the economic sanity. I'm not interested in carrying the flag for any party, for any political entity. I don't, I I, I mean, I'm not going to join your, your cult. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, because that's what it is. Uh, politics is, is a religious undertaking these days.
1: Right. It, it's funny, man. One more, one more note on, on Tucker Carlson. And we, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. But mm-hmm. it's just like, with Tucker, I mean, we all read the... Text messages Tucker were sending to people how much he hates Donald Trump, Uh Trump's an idiot and all that. And then he just like on a dime just flips, you know, but it's just like I I know other commentators, lesser known commentators, like people who've even been on the show who have done that, who have like just totally abandoned what they believe and just like gone full, like performing fellatio on Trump every day for money. But like those guys need I can, the money. I
0: can think of about six right right now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna name. Head. I don't
1: name. I'm not naming names because I I, I right. like I, I do like a lot of these guys. But it's same. like, yeah. It's I mean, weirder. I I, I
0: develop good relationships with a lot of yeah, these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Same. And then then it's just like the principles went out the window in favor of the money.
1: But but I um, get it. If you need the money, like it's still wrong. Don't do it. Don't be a hack for cash. Like you're not. You, at a certain point, you won't be able to look yourself in the mirror. Your family's not gonna respect you. Just bet you know, better to not do it. But I get it, if you need the money. Tucker Carlson has made hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's just like you don't need the money. I know, like, dude, if I had one one hundredth of what Tucker Carlson has, bro. I mean like the, the honesty coming out of my mouth if I were <laughs> if I were impervious to economic attack, if like you couldn't boycott my show or attack advertising. Mm-hmm. If I was if I had if I didn't need if I did not need to worry about money. D- dude, I would be the least hacky person on the face of I would just say exactly what I believe all the time. Because yeah. who cares? So it's just like my buddies who've gone the hack route because they could use the cash, it's like that sucks, but I get it. But it's like, dude, when you're talking, I'm like, all right. Well, that's just not that it's excusable anyway. But that's totally inexcusable.
0: Exactly. Yeah, totally inexcusable. And uh, my my respect for someone that does that is, uh, you know, not very high. No. Like I get it. I I respect the hustle, right? Like uh, I mean, if you need the money for your family or whatever, you know what? I mean, I, I I'm the kind of person I don't really care. Like, I, I, I could care less what your political views are. I would like your political views to be my political views, but I'm not going to try to cram my political views down your throat because I know that's not how politics works. Um, but then at the same time, if you know, if, if you're just uh, like you said, you know, hack for cash. I don't have respect for you. I'm not going to respect you. You're not invited to my barbecue. Like, I'm sorry. Um, that's not that, that that's not cool. Like you're 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 just you're just being a grifter at that point. You have become a grifter. You've come full circle.
1: The thing is, too, that that these grifters don't understand is that it's counterproductive. I mean, the left has browbeaten Democrat politicians into doing exactly what they want. And that's that's the Mm -hmm. thing, man, like when I because I I started the show because I hate the corporate press and want to destroy them. And I think they're evil. And mm-hmm. and I think that because I think they're actually, and, 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 I mean, obviously there's exceptions, but the typical lefty journalist is more evil than the typical lefty politician because the journalists are pulling the politicians to the left. I mean, dude, like, do you think Joseph Biden is down with all this crazy trans stuff? <laughs> the man's it's, 85 years old. Like, he's right. like, come on, man. Like, or just, uh, like, <clears throat> no 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 man, no straight man who's that old is down with, like, little boys chopping their penises off. Okay, I'm sure if, if when he has a moment of, like, cognizance, if he's still capable of that, he's like, man, this shit is disgusting, this you is know, horrible, you know, it, it's evil. That's, that's but another he, thing
0: that He is, can't that... say it
1: because he has to toe the leftist line. So it's like, right. why the heck yep. doesn't Tucker Carlson and all these guys do the same thing with Trump? Because he you I... could move—Trump Trump. is an empty suit. He's never read a book in his life. You can get Trump mm-hmm. to do whatever you want just get trump to care about like talk about spending get trump to reduce like you could absolutely move trump in a way more like and even if you're not a like a libertarian you could move him in a way more yep. conservative right wing position but yep. they don't they just let him off the hook and leftist commentators would never do that they're like yep. oh man if you don't claim that like all Jews should die. We're not going to vote for you. And so, like, lefty politicians are like, fuck the Jews, you know what I mean? Because all these people, you know. So it's just like, you, I don't know why right-wingers don't aren't like that with, with Trump. They just let them off the hook, man. And they don't have to. Iron sharpens iron. You see the well. Democrats doing that in the evil way right why don't why doesn't somebody like tucker who does understand economics who does understand the way the world works why isn't he trying to influence people like trump the way the lefties do with their politicians mm-hmm.
0: well the back the backbone is uh not exactly a prominent feature on the american right no um you look at the american right and you you see a lot of uh, i mean i feel like if um if i if i were like if i'm at a conference with a bunch of Republican politicians and Republican pundits. I I just wish I had x-ray vision so I could look into their body and see if they have a backbone and see all those missing backbones up in
1: there. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, It really is amazing. Yeah. I don't it know. Is. I mean, like I you understand like the guy, the congressman, who's like a true conservative who understands spending in a swing district somewhere. Who's like, all right, I better not piss off Trump because he'll tweet about me and end my career. I understand that Trump can do nothing to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Trump might end up in prison here soon. Like, what are you afraid of? The man's 80 and eats cheeseburgers five times a day. Like what? Like he's not gonna be around forever. Like what? Why? Like why does he instill this fear in people? Like, my goodness.
0: Well, that, that that's a perk of being kingmaker. Yeah. And you can't, you can't maintain kingmaker status forever, but while you've got it, people darn well respect what you have to say and don't want to cross you. Yeah. Just ask any majority whip from any party.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And it's a lot of people, a lot of people in media, in right-wing media, man, are really going to struggle when Trump either leaves the scene or dies. Because they've really Absolutely. bet the bet the entire farm on this man, on an eighty year old. Uh-huh. Why? It's it's such a bizarre, you know. If you see like a a twenty seven year old with a podcast betting the house on Donald Trump, you're like, bro,
0: uh-huh.
1: Good Lord willing, you're gonna be around a lot longer than him. <laughs> so, why like why are you staking your future, your your business on on this man who you don't even agree with? It's yeah, it's just, i mean, even from just like a marketing standpoint, it seems bizarre to me.
0: No, I mean it it is bizarre, and uh, I think one of the the biggest uh, well, issues or upcoming issues that uh, the Republican Party, but not the Republican Party, like the Trump campaign and Trump in general is facing is like the VP pick. This person has to be somebody that can carry on the mantle. If hypothetically Trump wins the presidency, and I think he – Believes in his heart of hearts that he's going to win the presidency, whether that's true or not. He wants to pick a successor that is going to be just like him. You're not, you're, you're not going to see, you're not going to see what most, what most presidential candidates usually do, which is pick somebody that's to the right of them, or, or pick somebody that's more moderate to them if they're more to the right. No, Trump is going to pick a carbon copy of himself. To be vice president.
1: I don't know, man. I think whoever he picks as his running mate, just imagine the dumbest choice he could make. That's the choice he's going to make. It's man, gonna be like
0: that there is that potentiality. Carrie I mean, I Lake would, would not actually, be shocked. Actually,
1: actually, I don't think it's gonna be Carrie Lake only because she's too thirsty for it. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And one thing I do appreciate about Donald Trump is like the thirstiest hangers-on never ends up getting what they want, which is really funny to me. You know, it's like these people change their entire like life for Donald yeah, Trump and that, they just that, never that's, they that's, never that's ended up funny, getting it, you know?
0: That's one of the more funny parts of watching a narcissist at work is if you yeah. try to latch on to a narcissist and you're really after something, yeah, you're probably yeah, yeah. not going to get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be dumb. I mean, unless he just, like, he might pick Nikki Haley, man.
0: Yeah, uh, I I doubt. <laughs> I, I don't have know. Serious doubts about that.
1: The dumbest decision that that can be made will be made. I get that I don't know who it's going to be, but I know it'll be dumb.
0: Hmm? I, I mean, I I don't disagree, but I think it will be someone who is very similar to Donald Trump. Because he feels like he's not going to be on the scene after his hypothetical, probably not likely, second term. Um so he has to pick somebody that's going to be uh you know, able to carry the torch and gonna have MAGA one hundred percent behind him just continue the movement.
1: Laura um. Loomer
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, my goodness, does it get any more Trump like?
1: I mean, look, man, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, and I'm sure this will still apply in twenty twenty four, it's just mm-hmm. whatever whatever you think is gonna happen, it's gonna be even dumber. It's just like mm-hmm. I just don't think there's a bottom. <laughs> to our and you you our can, current... it's,
0: it's apparently it's the, the year or, or the decade of the dumb. It's yeah, like man. you can, if it's dumb, you can count on it getting dumber. And if it's not dumb enough, trust me, it's, it's going to get a lot
1: more dumb. I wonder what the, uh, wonder what the betting odds are. Have they released any odds for, um, uh, Trump's running mate? I have to look I'm actually
0: up. not sure. Um, you could look that up, but, uh, I, the betting odds are more accurate, I think, than polling. Oh, Uh, they don't they don't do polling for vice presidential picks. They might do some, you know, uh, uh, straw polling of of like uh, voters who they might potentially want to see. But at the end of the day, that that's it. That um, choice is 100 percent up to the candidate. Uh, Well, maybe not 100 percent, something like 85 percent, because he's going to be pushed in different directions by different people and they're going to have people recommended and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Trump gets to make that call.
1: You got to remember, too, in 2016, Trump. Like, he, like, I'm not I'm not giving my own personal opinion on which one would be better. I'm just saying this is what happened. Like, he was mm-hmm. influenced by, like, the Republican establishment because he knew he needed their help. Yep.
0: And so, um, like, they,
1: you know, like, Mike Pence was, like, a smart call. I mean, those are, like, good politics. Mm, like, a Pence. popular governor of Indiana, like, normal. Mike Pence
0: was a very good political choice. Sure, yeah. It was surprising.
1: Now, but Trump has fired everyone and pissed off everyone else. So, like, nobody with more than five brain cells in their head are going to work for Trump? Like, that goes for his campaign, a potential transition team, a potential administration, even though I really don't think Trump is going to win. I mean, by hook or by crook. I mean, I don't know. I think either the Democrats are going to arrest him or, like— Or just beat him. I don't know. I I just don't. It's just hard for me to believe he's going to become president again. But I'm not
0: sure if that would be dumber or if a second term for Biden would be dumber. I think it'd be it'd be a it'd be close tie. So whatever the dumbest option is out of those two, that's probably what's going to happen.
1: But it's like Trump is going to have like the people around him are like these weird clowns like Laura Loomer and stuff Like like he doesn't have like smart campaign staff. Like what would that cabinet look like, bro? Come on.
0: Well, the people that are around him right now are just, you know, like uh, the sycophants, the worshippers. Like the, the combined IQ of all those people yes. is, is not very high.
1: Yeah, like the people and that the people that are like, Mister President, you probably shouldn't put Alex Jones in the cabinet. Like those people are gone. You know what I mean? So it's just like he's going to be completely like just doing whatever he wants and just making stupid decisions that immediately backfire and stuff. Like it's just like I don't know, man, the brain drain and like.
0: If he wins, if he wins, and this is a big if, this is a capital I, capital F if, if he wins, he's going to want to shake things up like he's never shook things up before. And while that sounds pretty dangerous, I also think it could be pretty darn hilarious for people on the sidelines.
1: Oh,
0: 100%. It's going to be funny to watch. I almost want him to win so we can just see the left explode.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, it would just be—I don't know, man. I don't even know. I mean, it, it's I, gonna be—it's gonna be a fun year, regardless. I mean, I kind of—I I do root for you know the funniest option, you know, just like whatever, yeah. whatever's gonna bring me the most comedy is is what I kind of root to happen. Um,
0: well, whatever's man. gonna bring me the most comedy and whatever's gonna fr- most delegitimize the state, right, and yes. make the state look like an absolute joke—that's—that's that's what I'm rooting for.
1: Which I mean, I I don't see how the consensus position for all American voters is that the state is a joke. I mean, we have a brain dead man and a crazy man, both in their both in their eighties, both completely unhinged. Both in their eighties,
0: yeah. a brain dead man and a crazy man, which both voter bases will swear up and down on their mother is a cognizant. Fully functioning adult human being that needs to be in the Oval Office with one finger on the nuclear button.
1: Imagine saying that with a straight face.
0: Imagine. I mean, 50 years ago, people would have put me in a mental institution.
1: I mean, man, bizarre, bizarre. The whole my
0: situation my, is bizarre.
1: My my grandmother is 94 years old and she's still well, alive. Right li- lives by herself and. Uh, cooks herself three meals a day and everything else, and she's you know watches the news every day and everything, and you know she was born in the twenties, you know lived through the Great Depression and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, man, it's just like anytime she'll bring up politics with me, and it's just like, imagine being in your nineties, man. Like what what politicians used to look like when you were growing up versus now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just like and Eisenhower. There's the amount of nostalgia involved. And I'm not. I'm not saying they were better. They weren't. I mean, like FDR was a, a monster. You know, like none of these people were. They were. were good, they were but... not.
0: They were statesmen.
1: But right? yeah, they, they, were, they
0: were. Between a politician and a statesman, we have politicians. Politicians way back when were statesmen. Right. You know, they were prestigious. The way they dressed was top notch. The way they spoke was top notch. And it didn't matter if they had the worst policies. People loved them. Yeah, because they genuinely seemed like they cared. These Pe- politicians don't even bother to pretend.
1: People used to have pictures of the president hanging up in their house. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's weird. I'm glad people don't do that anymore, but you know that <laughs> is like very weird and creepy, and it seems to be, you know, immoral, uh, in my opinion. But boy, oh boy, it's <laughs> it's just a, a, I think about that anytime I see my grandmother holding my daughter, and it's like man. Yeah. The world my well, grandmother if, grew up in versus the world my daughter's going to grow up in. is just, it's unrecognizable.
0: It's a, it's a disheartening thought, but I tell you what, if, if things keep going the way they're going right now with, uh, you know, this inflationary spending and this magic money tree, uh, bonanza, then you're going to quickly find out why, why your, uh, your old grandmother used to save her bacon
1: grease. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, you never know, man. Uh, we could get 150% inflation and elect our own version of a libertarian Bilbo Baggins, man. It could happen. It could happen here. It's just we got to go through a lot of pain first, unfortunately.
0: Ah, I mean, hey, chin up. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep fighting. It's, it's not like you're not in the minority. That was that. That comes with the job description. Uh, you, you just, you just have to remember that quote by Samuel Adams. It's uh. You know, a tireless minority can light bonfires of freedom in people's minds. But uh, I think we need to be doing some lighting pretty soon or things are going to get a lot worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Ezra, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Where can everybody follow you, uh, read your stuff, keep in touch, all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Ezra for Liberty. Uh, You can follow the organization I work for at Liberty Youth Co. Some other stuff in the works right now, which I'm not prepared to announce. But it's always an absolute pleasure being on your show. It's uh, always a great conversation. I always enjoy it. And thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Everybody follow Ezra, who's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.